0: episode of the podcast i talk with michael st michaels the one and only big ronnie from the greasy strangler um this was a really super fun episode to you know record um i've been a fan of the greasy strangler forever now and uh michael st michaels is uh he's the best and he lives up to all the expectations that i had out there for him before we talked and everything so it was an absolute blast, and I can't wait to unleash this one on everybody. So, yeah, this is a fun one. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Greasy Strangler, you should definitely do it. And um, follow Michael St. Michael's on all his social media and all that stuff, which I will have linked in the show notes. So, he's a awesome person, and I'm super happy I got to talk with him. So... Um, make sure you, uh, follow the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from Spotify, iTunes, I'm on everything, uh, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, help me spread the word and stuff. And, um, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. I hope you enjoy this one and yeah, got to keep it greasy.
1: i started of on an enforced one myself.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Thanks so much for being on the podcast.
1: It's my pleasure, Brandon. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome. I've been looking forward to talking to you all week, so
1: Well, we spoke for a second a few days ago. <laughs> oh yeah, that 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 was cool. I was
0: at work when you called me too. I was like, oh shit, I'm getting a call from the greasy strangler. I gotta answer this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I wish other people were as, as good about answering taking my calls as you are then. yeah i try to be good with that
0: stuff especially like getting back on text messages or stuff like that try to get back to people in a timely manner you know Mm. how's um everything going your way
1: seems to be okay i'm muddling through uh i finally got the computer thing uh worked out and uh haven't the place hasn't recovered from it yet but at least my uh computer works and this works now And, uh, but it took a whole week to fix it. Uh. And uh, I was getting panicky. I mean, I missed a couple auditions and I missed doctor's appointments. And and don't ever deal with Western Telecom if you can avoid them. Yeah, that's it sounds
0: like uh, Comcast for us. That's what we use and man, like every other weekend, especially if I'm about to do a podcast. Oh, the internet goes down I'm like motherfucker, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I used to work for this cable company in Riverside that had a reputation of being the second worst cable company in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't fix anything, but they changed their name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds about right Uh, that's the same thing that like comcast did they they were called something else and like yeah if you want spotty service yeah there you go but i don't want to talk too much shit because they might you know cut my internet off or something so i gotta be quiet with that
1: yeah sorry (laughs) me too actually
0: it could be listening
1: (laughs) who isn't
0: (laughs) yeah yeah right I, I got my uh, second uh, COVID shot today and, you know, you got people out there thinking that, oh, they're going to track you. I'm like, well, they're already tracking you. You got social media and phones and stuff like, you know, don't be an idiot. They're already tracking you.
1: There's no such thing as privacy anymore, really. I mean, no. uh, the government has everything wired so they can watch you and uh, hear everything you do and say, and they do collect it, Uh it's you know but there's so much of it unless they actually go after you specifically uh they'll find a treasure trove of information there but uh they just collect everything yeah i mean anything you if you talk about something
0: there's a facebook ad for that like in 10 minutes you know 10 minutes after you got done talking about it or you know there's an amazon ad or something man like yeah you're constantly being tracked (laughs) yeah It is what it is. As long as you're not doing nothing stupid, I mean, you're fine. They're just trying to sell you shit.
1: Well, I gave up doing anything that makes me feel guilty years ago. (laughs) That was about the time I figured crime only pays if you're a lawyer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing a little bit of research on you because I always do that with my guests and stuff. And I saw that you got your start as a hairdresser. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I was a hairdresser for years. Uh i uh was starting to get bored with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to be a movie star, though I know I used to do plays when I was a kid. that's the only thing that got me through English when I was in school mm-hmm. uh, were the points I made as a thespian and uh but I got into being a hairdresser made me for the sex. Uh, <laughs> uh i actually got really good i was rated in the top 10 percent internationally before wow. yeah started giving it up i still do a little bit now and then but not much yeah did it take you to like
0: different uh, continents and all that stuff or like were you
1: it did for a while yeah um it got me i mean i i did I got to do things like I did a haircut on a stewardess, and uh, she upgraded me to first class. Uh, And uh, I've done haircuts on sandbars in the Missouri River for beer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's a great skill to have. (laughs) It is.
0: Yeah, and that's a skill that, you know, is always needed because people always need haircuts, you know.
1: Yeah, except me. I mean, you know, I just... I used to drive a Roadster, and uh, anytime something hit me in the eye, I just cut it off. That was my <laughs> haircutting after I was no longer in the business. Because I can't see paying somebody as much as I was charging to get a haircut. Right. because I was a broke, overweight, starving actor. And... uh with no connections in the Bay Area, whereas I had connections in San Diego, and I wasn't there anymore.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you um, ever do any celebrity hair or anything like that? Or
1: uh, Not really. I mean, they were semi-celebrities. I did uh, Spiro Agnew's wife. I don't know if you remember him. Heard yeah, of really. him. Yeah, he was uh, Nixon's vice president, and mm-hmm. then he got caught with his Fingers in the cookie jar had to resign uh i did his wife's there uh i did uh one of the gabor sisters and i did their mother uh there were a couple other people thrown in there you know and when i got into punk i did some punk people oh that's cool yeah i got it i uh, i was into sailing and then in a property settlement, I lost the boat. And uh, and then one of my clients convinced me that I should go in with her in a, in a pump club in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, and it was great. I mean, it's, it was way cheaper than sailing. Uh, I got to do it three or four days a week. Whereas mm-hmm. sailing, I'd be lucky to get out there for a couple days every month and uh and i love the music i love the scene i like the people some of them are still speaking to me even (laughs) that's cool yeah
0: yeah um with the punk scene i was in the metal scene for about well i'm still in the metal scene i was in a heavy metal band for about 17 years of my life i I just disbanded like two or three years ago you know uh-huh. And um it's a wild scene, man. Like all the like torn and all that stuff. It's it's rough though. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of driving and loading and loading out and shit, you know, a little bit of playing.
1: Yeah. no I I have a couple of friends that are doing that. And then there's uh Philip H and Selmo and the illegals.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, used
1: to be Pantera or part of Pantera. But uh yeah, I uh that got me back into heavy metal. I was into it a little bit for a while, but I don't know. And then New Wave came up, and I got into punk. And when I was doing hair, everything was disco.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, and, uh, it's kind of weird. Every time I hear disco music, I, I want to cut hair.
0: <laughs> 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 Who were some of your uh, favorite like punk bands or metal bands?
1: I liked Fear. Uh, we did uh the Go Go's when they were still a garage band and uh we had the B fifty twos the first time they toured the country. Mm-hmm. Uh Fear was my favorite though, really. Uh we had Para Ubu, uh God, the naughty sweeties, they were hot. Mm-hmm. And uh uh the the zeros who used to be called the fucking Mexicans mm-hmm. they had to give up that name uh, yeah. <laughs> and dfX two I really like them uh the puppies i I did a a stage show with them once uh for a hair show mm-hmm. uh, they they were they were really a fun band. They uh, had an EP out called Fun is Right, and uh, they were the only American band signed by Stiff Records, as Stiff was going under. Mm -hmm. Got to number one on the college chart, but nobody could buy their records, because the record company was too broke to print any. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, you know, they, they fell apart, although... They're all still musicians, except for the dead one. Uh, And he may be a musician, too, still, but, you know.
0: Yeah, you never know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I've gotten that point in my life yet. I hope if it's true that you do that, I, I get to be an actor in either heaven or hell, wherever they send me purgatory
0: <laughs> yeah that'd be the worst like purgatory man. like you're just sitting there in a waiting line with the, you got a number and stuff you're just waiting on your number to be calling like take 100 years to get where you need to go are you going to heaven or hell or where the hell are you going you know
1: yeah I'm really i uh yeah and i'm a really lousy waiter i was a decent bus boy <laughs> oh the bus boys we had i got to beat them they were they were kind of fun too uh Black flag. They were either. Oh, black flag, Oh, yeah. They either totally sucked or they were just so right on. There was no in between with them. Um, Did you see them from, with Henry Rollins? Pardon?
0: Did you get to see them with Henry Rollins?
1: Yeah. Oh, front,
0: were, okay, because I know they had a few frontmen, so.
1: Yeah, no, this is the original, you know, when they were all living in the, the garage studio in santa monica mm-hmm. and uh uh in fact i even had the original artwork for milton high cow i think i bought it for 40 bucks wow that's stolen but you know hey <laughs> that's punk <laughs> yeah that's, that's punk <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> what are some of your like craziest like punk moments that you can remember
1: Uh, I remember a fight breaking out. Somebody mistook somebody in the van for somebody they didn't like and went up in the van and punched him out. And Mm -hmm. there were people, there was about 250 people in a fight, the sort of thing you see in Western bar fights. Mm -hmm. Uh, It started in the club, got out into the street, went up the block, came down the block, came back in the club, came out of the club again, went down to the other end of the street, turned the corner, and uh, then the cops showed up. Wow. (laughs) Uh, That was one. And the opening night where I had to, we had a really strict capacity and the fire, oh, Ted Kennedy's, can't remember, can't forget them. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I think we, we were the place where Jello Biafra played his last show. Wow, and uh, the Dills—that uh, their last show. They were in that Repo Man movie, mm-hmm. uh, Darby Crash X. Uh, anyway, but the opening night, there were just too many people. They couldn't control the door so people were just pouring in and I had the joy of being by the back door uh, and I was grabbing people by the and throwing them out the door <laughs> uh, I inadvertently threw out two of the best you know the hottest DJs in San Diego at the time uh, and <laughs> A couple musicians. I mean, because I didn't know who any of these people were. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> all I know is Laura Fraser talked me out of five hundred bucks and a, and a and a bunch of labor, patching the roof and the ceiling and all this other junk in the place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. Then we got closed down by the mafia. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> We found another location, and then we got closed down by the
2: cops.
1: (laughs) Uh, We were doing fine, and then I I got us some publicity. And the newscaster said it was a great place for kids to hang out. And San Diego has a thing where they hate everybody under 25. Mm -hmm. And if you're under 25, they're not going to let you have any fun. And our club had no age limit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the only thing you could get there is water in the bathroom if you wanted it. Wow. (laughs) Uh, We were pretty good at screening out the booze because we usually had a good basket of the stuff by the end of the night every night that we were open. Did
0: you have any um, encounters with like the Misfits or anything like that?
1: Um. I don't know. Uh, uh, The Plimsolls, we had them. Uh, I can't remember their name, but they were a band from Seattle, and they had a song called Trendy Violence that I really liked. Hmm. Uh, And then there was uh, Non. They were horrible. Uh, There was this other band... I can't remember the name. The oldest person in this band was 14. Oh, wow. And uh, they were... Far, they they were... They uh, lived on a... Or they Their family or somebody had a an orange grove in Riverside and they wanted to play and they did some great music. Uh, mm. They... I mean, we paid our opening act 25 bucks and... uh they found somebody to buy beer for them and sat in the back of their pickup truck, which is what they came down in, and drank it there at <laughs> all. <laughs> uh, but I, I saw them in Decline of Western Civilization. Mm-hmm. And, uh, slash read the lyrics to one of their songs. That was, ah, can't remember any of it. Also, they shot part of uh, Decline of Western Civilization at our club. That's cool. They had more control there. And uh, I know they 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 put my shoes in it. They wouldn't put me in it. <laughs> I was wearing a suit. But by then we were getting raided so often that I decided wearing a suit was a good idea because that way I could get out the door with the money and it wouldn't <laughs> disappear somewhere. Right. Uh, we could pay the bams because that was a problem a couple times.
0: Mhm. how did um how did all this how did you get into acting after all this stuff were you um starting to do acting stuff back then or
1: uh i made my escape from san diego i ended up in the bay area uh i got a pa job at zoetrope uh on return of the black stallion and uh Then somebody heard that I did that, and they invited me down to Fort Mason, and I did uh, a Bertolt Brecht play called uh, Visions of Simone. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I had three different parts in it. And then uh, somebody else called me up. They used to make... uh, Parodies of straight movies for porn for the Pussycat Theaters in the uh eight seventies and 80s Mm-hmm. Um, and I started doing straight parts in those. Uh that's where I got most of my camera experience. Uh I did one called Bootsy, which is a takeoff on Tootsie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one called Matinee Idol. I'm not sure what that was a takeoff on. Uh, Uh, there were you know, there are a bunch of them, but but I was cheaper than hiring the male porn actors, you know, and and plus I didn't have to take my clothes off or anything. Which, if I were younger, but I was 40 then, and if I was younger, I would have, you know, got the whole thing. I think (laughs) I don't know.
0: But it was a wild experience, though, right?
1: It was pretty good. Yeah, it was. I met some interesting people. Uh, um, I still am in loose contact with a couple of them uh, that I met through that. Uh, Most of the ones that I worked with are dead. Uh, They didn't seem to last very long. It was either drugs or car accidents. Mm-hmm. A lot of things like that, where they got sick, you know, and couldn't work anymore and disappeared. Yeah. Uh, because that's when AIDS was first starting. Nobody knew anything about what was going on with that at the time. That was horrible. Yeah, that was horrible stuff. You know, you'd see people that just, you know, you could smell them a block away as their body was, just, you know turning into a giant pustule, and oozing everywhere and nobody knew anything. Right.
0: Yeah. That that was a bad time in life there. You know, I'm happy they pretty much got a handle on most of that. So,
1: yeah, I'm glad I was older by then because I mean, you know, I came of age after birth control and, uh, and I guess my sex life has drastically declined since the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I got a few good years in there in the meantime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did um, doing that stuff lead up to like um, being in film and all that stuff?
1: Well, I uh, was always trying to be in film. Mm-hmm. Um, I did... Uh, a thing called uh, Popcorn Obstacles. I cannot remember the man's name who made that. Uh, it was a a short Super 8 thing that took three months to shoot. It was only a 14-minute film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw most of what I did in that. I never got to see the final cut or the, the screening because I had a, another job then. Uh, I found an agent. He got me, uh, a SAG card in a movie called Light Blast starring Eric Estrada. Mm. And that's when I found out I couldn't use my name anymore and became Michael St. Michael's. Uh, and, uh, then I did, uh, the video dead. Mm-hmm. Uh I heard about it and just charged in there. I didn't realize it already cast it, but whoever they cast, I blew them out of the water and got the part.
0: <laughs> That's killer. I love the video, dude, man. That's good stuff.
1: <laughs> and uh Yeah, you know, I mean after that not much happened. I did a lot of extra work for years and featured extras and Second unit, third unit. I did some producing and directing. Uh, I was associate producer in first AD on a game show uh, called Desafía Académico. Wow, <laughs> bilingual uh, thing for high school kids to get money for college. That was oh. kind of good fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we gave out a a lot of money. <laughs> sent a bunch of people to college in that one. And, uh, you know, did some commercials. And then uh, we did a bunch of music videos uh, for uh, Balboa Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all Cumbria. And we won a couple of awards so when the guy owns Balboa Records found out that I didn't speak Spanish. He fired me. Mm. Uh, I, I worked on the ones that won the awards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no accounting for taste. Uh, I did uh, some sitcom pilots that never aired, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I produced a sitcom pilot that never aired. Mm. Uh, you know, and at that point I just said, ah, that's it, you know, I'm going back to acting, and I I didn't really do much. I got a stand-in jobs, and I was a photo double for Sean Connery for a while. Oh, that's
0: kind of killing.
1: Yeah, and I did a lot of second and third unit stuff for the X-Files. There's one episode where I'm every dead body in the show.
0: No oh, shit I didn't I didn't know that that's cool. <laughs> I love the x files yeah
1: it was I mean, most of my career was spent being dead or getting killed uh, <laughs> and um, and i I'd, I'd retired you know and then a friend of mine Dave fine was uh getting an award for best actor in a, at a film festival and he dragged me along with him mm. and I met uh, Jason Bernacki and his wife and they cast me in a thing called Another or Mark of the Witch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a couple other shorts since then, one called Making It. And uh, then I read for uh, An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn, uh, a Jim Hosking's film. Yeah. And a couple of years after I read, I got a call from uh, Katerina Frevik, who uh, the, one, the one who did the short "Making It," uh, mm-hmm. that they were looking for me, uh, and I went back, and uh, it was for the uh, Greasy Strangler. Wow! And the casting directors on that one worked really hard with me because I always auditioned for shit, pretty much. Uh huh. There's been a couple times when I overpowered it. But most of the time, I I just cannot take it seriously enough, apparently. I don't know.
0: Yeah, the greasy stranglers, uh, where I first took notice of you, man, because I love that movie. Like, your role as Big Ronnie is fucking legendary, man. So, <laughs> like... And it's got such a cult following, too, for, you know, the Greasy Strangler. Like, the fans are super diehard. You know, I'm one of those fans. And, you know, excellent.
1: I'm really, I'm really, I I thank uh, Jim Hoskins for making sure I was in that. Because, I mean, it's it's really saved my ass. I mean, between Social Security and my pension from the Screen Actors Guild, I can live on it. You know, 15 years ago when I retired, but uh, I can't anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So working, I'd I'd be really in trouble. And people still want me to work, apparently. Although last year I I did uh, the Once in Future Smash, I worked for a couple days on that. And that was the only job i had last year but i was booked for 70 something days of work last year Mm. that because of c19 either got canceled or pushed right uh i might be doing something in august or september and another one i might be doing in uh september or october you never know i may never again I am going to Indianapolis to uh a convention uh Days of the Dead I think I'm not positive that Sounds right yeah Yeah in uh on the uh 16th, 17th and 18th and uh I'm looking forward to that. I love meeting my fans. I I just, you know, I've had fans walk up to me in the street uh of course that's not happening as much anymore but it still does like a couple of weeks ago somebody did that. Mm-hmm. that surprised me because it's you know it's been what almost five years now since that thing came out
0: and it's still going strong that's the thing like the cult falling behind that is so strong like, I post a gift on Twitter, just a random, like, Greasy Strangler gift, or it is a quote from Greasy Strangler, and, like, people just comment all over that, and, like, yeah, it's a great movie, and people that I don't know about it, I make sure I tell them about it. I got some work buddies that I let see some trailers to, and I'm like, yeah, check this movie out, dude, and it's free right now on the Internet Movie Database, if you have their app, it's streaming on there right now, so oh, yeah. I throw that out, yeah, and I've, I've made new fans for that film, like, anybody I tell about it usually like it, so...
1: Yeah, but it got me everything I've done since then. Really, I uh, there's uh, fingers which just came out. I've uh, seen that. I uh, and then there's the five golden rings. That's a short I did that's uh, won an award for best monster from the severed limbs film festival. Mm, cool. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to submit it into the uh, best actors film festival with my act you know, that happens but I I I take acting classes with Sherry Carlson and there's a YouTube thing called It's a Bad Idea uh, that I work on occasionally. Well, every Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so please subscribe to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, subscribe to that, yes.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Greasy
0: Strangler says so. You gotta do what the Greasy Strangler says. And that's just yeah. that's deal. <laughs> And
1: it's got me. It got me. Uh, Phil Anselmo put me in uh, Choosing Mental Illness. I played Nurse Ratchet in that.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's on Housecar Records.
0: Yeah, heard of that. Yeah.
1: Uh, and um, one of his other bands, Scar,
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: sampled me. Uh, there's some. There's a couple of guys in uh, Omaha who uh, had me in one of their videos. Uh, they're called the Old Man Rap Syndicate. Uh-huh. I do one called Bullshit Artist, and another, I don't remember the name of the other one, but it's got this line It's my duty to hit that booty or something like that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> And the shit that just, you know, comes out, I did a, during the pandemic, I did a thing on Skype where, uh, I think it's Witches in the Sand, which is just about ready to come out. It's a British film. Okay. And I have, like, a really tiny scene in there, but I uh, I won't give it away other than that we did it on on Skype. And, uh, and then there's these seven ways to obtain eternal bliss through the sacred or the teachings of the sacred storch. i'm a cult member there uh a homeless guy in a bathrobe actually mm-hmm. uh, preaching on a street corner on sunset boulevard um uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun yeah
0: that sounds uh, pretty crazy
1: I love my work. I love to get to work. It's just, uh, it's so much fun. I played a really nasty guy in, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. It was a thesis film for a guy in Syracuse. Mm -hmm. And I was really impressed because I was... I may have been better known than some of the other actors there, but every other actor there I've seen constantly for years. Uh, and then I got to work with Will Wheaton on uh, Smash Mouth Two.
0: Oh, cool!
1: Uh, he's been around forever and still <laughs> working. Uh, hate those New York theater people. <laughs>
0: i just I actually just talked to him uh last weekend he was on my podcast i haven't, i don't have the episode out yet but we 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 had a talk he's he's awesome man he's a great he, guy
1: uh, don't tell him i said that <laughs> <laughs> i'm still trying to destroy his career now uh-huh. that i know he has one it's gonna be easier <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a good uh plot for a movie there bill versus michael then yeah. Take down the career.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotta get that we gotta get that in the works.
1: Well, it should be out. I think it'll be hitting festivals next year. I hope it makes it to Sundance. I wanna go back there again.
0: Yeah, Sundance is cool,
1: yeah. Uh it would be if you knew what was going on. I had no clue, you know, <laughs> other than uh wow, they give you goodies here. That are better than any of the goodies I got anywhere else. Uh-huh. Uh, aside from maybe Chattanooga, they—that uh, was—that's still my favorite film festival. Chattanooga, but uh, I, uh, you know, I got uh, boots, bones, coats. <laughs> people doing the dance while you're waiting in line to go to a restroom and suddenly you got people doing the hootie tootie disco cutie dance.
0: <laughs> That's uh, awesome. It
1: is <laughs> Because I mean, you know, maybe a hundred people had seen the film by then. Mm-hmm. that, Really? Cause it was a midnight screening, mm-hmm. uh, the night before. And, uh, And the thing, just from the beginning, is, has had this strange reaction on people. I didn't believe it until it actually came out in theaters uh, in October. mm mm-hmm. uh, Because, you know, prior to that, it's like all film festival people, so it's all industry people. And I don't really trust industry people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as far as you know, oh, that's great, that's wonderful, yeah, you know. Uh, but when people are paying money to come in and see it, and they're loving it, you know, you got something done right. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time I experienced that.
0: I bet the feeling was pretty surreal.
1: Yeah. And then I'm in one called Freshwater. Uh, I get eaten by a albino alligator. In that one. Hmm. Uh, and then I was—I uh, did a day on uh, Desolute. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I didn't even know I was in. Because I looked at the credits and I didn't make them. But uh, somebody saw it and told me they saw me in it. So I, I found the scene. Or they sent me the scene. I still haven't seen the movie, so I don't know.
0: But mm-hmm.
1: uh, I'd like to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the with the greasy strangler um how long did it take you to get into your uh, prosthetics
1: um <laughs> uh, it took about an hour an hour and 45 minutes something like that at first the first time was a couple hours mm. you know. um we had some fittings and we didn't really try anything on until we were on set because they're afraid it was too fragile. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if he breaks it now, we don't get any shots. Okay, now nah, don't put it on yet. And it's just like, you know, two and a half people and me being the other half person to get me into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were trapped in there. There's no way to go to the bathroom or... Uh, Eating was problematic, Uh, (laughs) and it was really well. It was like uh, you would get frostbite with the stuff they used on that stuff. I mean, Mm. it just just chilled you to the bone. Uh, This stuff called Ultra Ice Uh that uh, they used, and I'd go home, and it would take. Maybe an hour or so, just soaking my head in the bathtub to get the crap out of my hair. Mm. And then I still had to learn the lines for the next day and get out there. Uh, it was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Yeah,
0: it sounds pretty greasy. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, uh, I, I don't know if I'm physically capable of doing that again, but I sure would like to try. <laughs>
0: Have you heard I, any talks of a sequel, possibly?
1: I doubt it. Now, I'd like to see it as a musical.
0: Oh, that would be cool.
1: Uh, and I don't know if Jim. Well, I don't know what Jim Hosking is doing because he got shut down also. But he had me in three different episodes of Tropical Cocktails, uh, which we shot in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, And I got to do Fern on Clarence. Fern is Clarence's father on the Cartoon Network.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I used to watch Clarence when it came on. I don't think it's on anymore. I was like, oh, this reminds me of the cartoons back in the 90s I used to watch, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: Solid. And uh, I did a couple other things. I did last voiceover, I did the thing, BFF Girls. I did some work on that, as voice work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I do shrimp vocals in, uh, an episode of, uh, Tropical Cocktails.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: sounds like a new uh, type of genre you can create, you know, you could be shrimp vocalist in a band. Shrimp yeah. band.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, put the band back together again and get me in there.
0: i do um i do all the guitar work and all you just do the shrimp vocals you got yourself a deal
1: (laughs) no problem (laughs) i can't read music what's that i said i can read charts
0: (laughs) (laughs) what were some of your like uh favorite films growing up
1: uh across the universe yellow submarine uh, uh Enchanted April Baghdad Cafe. That was a grabber. <laughs> uh, nothing you've ever heard of, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, so far I'm I'm batting zero on that, yeah.
1: <laughs> Brazil. Uh, oh, I've heard of
0: Brazil, yeah. Brazil's cool. Yeah. You
1: know, uh, Dementia thirteen. Yeah, part of that one. Yeah, that actually started the slasher movement. It was a Coppola film, mm-hmm. and uh, that he made for Roger Corman. And ah, uh, uh, I saw. Let's see, Blind. I like that one. I say bullshit in that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Sarah French is an amazing actress and so is Caroline whose name I can't remember who was also played uh, the lead's best friend she's an amazing actress too she was in a, a strange movie called Dick Shark
0: Oh, Dick Shark, yeah, I know the guy that did Dick Shark. Um got a funny story about that. Um a friend of mine who's in a heavy metal club that I'm in. He bought all these uh D V Ds. His name's Ben by the way and he listens to his podcast, so he liked this story. But he bought a whole bunch of Dick Shark DVDs and a bunch of other stuff from Beelzebub, and he oh, was wow. trying to sell them in the parking lot in New York. Where we're at this like giant like kind of metal festival we do every year. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And he ended up giving a whole damn box of like uh, Dick Shark movies away to another member of ours named Pito, who took those and was like selling those with like a giant bag of popcorn. He took it, sh- it was fucking crazy. <laughs> so yeah. you got a fellow walking around selling Dick Shark movies. that <laughs> <laughs> uh, was uh, really cool. So
1: yeah, no, I, I think that was a Joe Arrow or something like that was one of his films, maybe. I'm in a film with him and, uh, Phil and Kate. Uh, that's pretty bizarre. I know, uh, we were in South Carolina and they just had us come in and do some improv. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we got, ended up with two scenes in a movie that he was making. made Strange true. movies. Uh, this is a search for God's bomb or something like that.
0: Huh. Yeah, that's in my neck of the woods. There. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: were you? So, uh, what were you about to say? I'm sorry. I mean, uh, I,
1: I was just rambling, asking <laughs> something.
0: <laughs> is there anything you're watching now that's like uh, caught your eye, movie-wise or TV-wise?
1: Well, I I really got into. Uh, Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. and, and they replaced it with Clarice, which is a really good show, but I'm not, I, I'm a science fiction person. Right. And, uh, and I, uh, I just have this thing for Star Trek movies, and I can't get it because you it's on some streaming service and I can't. I can't get him to believe that I'm me, so I can't subscribe to it. Oh. Uh, I have serious technical problems with uh, anything technical. And bureaucracies. I don't work well with bureaucracies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's so many fucking streaming services. This is insane, man. There's like... 50 of them out there now like you know trying to get away from cable but then you have like all these other subscriptions that you have and it ends up being just as much as damn cable it's like you know this doesn't make sense and i I do have a shit ton of streaming service because i like to watch movies and i gotta have you know if i'm gonna watch this one i'm gonna subscribe to this one you know
1: yeah i watch uh well i watch a lot of pbs i've uh and i'm really interested in uh the environment and the the lack of it right we're running out of water and air and uh
0: food and it's crazy heat where it's not supposed to be crazy heat like in portland yeah. That's crazy. That's just not natural.
1: <laughs> it's not crazy. It's something that has been predicted for years. I mean, I first became aware of this sort of shit in the '60s when I was a dirty hippie, yeah. and uh, that now people are speaking about it. They wouldn't. It was never mentioned before. You couldn't find anything on this stuff, and I I credit. Greta Thunberg for a lot of that.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, uh, We need more people like her, but we need people like her that actually can do something.
0: Yeah, somebody with some power. Yeah, definitely.
1: The powers that be are all old farts. They'll be dead, and I guess they don't really care about their kids or grandkids.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'll be it'll be long gone. We need some like young voices in there, like in powerful roles, you know. That's something we're lacking. I think that would help out a bunch with all this crazy climate stuff and you know polluting and everything.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like Philip's house. The last flood that hit there was in was in a foot and a half of their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was completely wiped out by uh, Katrina when that hit. Right. Uh. And it you know it it's it's not getting better. We're losing the ice shelf in Greenland, we're losing it on Antarctica. Mm-hmm. The ice is uh almost non-existent in the late summer you The Northwest Passage is now viable. Mm-hmm. I saw a a thing on a guy who went through in a fiberglass sailboat. Wow! Step Northwest Passage.
0: <laughs> that's that's crazy as hell. there.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, even now that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. those boats weren't built for that crap.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you saw on the news, but there was a, a a pipe explosion, I think, in Mexico, and and actually out in the water and stuff. And the water is on fire, and there's like a video of these boats trying to put that out with something. I it looks like some shit like Cthulhu's coming up or something, you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, it was a gas pipeline mm-hmm. for like the uh, you know the uh, BP oil rig that went off. Took them months to fix that, and then never cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Got the Japanese dumping all that radioactive water into the Pacific again because they have no place else to put it. Um, we still haven't cleaned up Three Mile Island. Nope. Uh, I don't know
0: what kind of radioactive mutants we got out there we don't know about. It's got to be something.
1: When I was a kid, we went to Vegas once. Big trip, you know. Mm -hmm. And we sat in these bleachers just uh, outside of town. They blew up an atom bomb. We all got sandblasted. Went oh, back man. to the hotel. The windows are all smashed. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and it was kind of, you know, weird. Then I saw another one from here in L.A. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That, like a sunrise before sunrise.
0: Uh, I bet that's a hell of a feeling, right? That's like ended a world type feeling. I would, I would say.
1: um uh, maybe you know. Yeah. End of the world is when you climb up that mountain behind Area 51, and they're testing some electromagnetic uh, thing that makes all your hair stand on end.
0: <laughs> oh, have you done that? that yeah, up. you have. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> oh,
1: you know, it was fun. There's a place called the Little Alley in there. Great steaks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was the middle of open-range cattle thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. which you can't go on anymore. Well, you supposedly could. Legally, you can, but mm-hmm. you can be shot or imprisoned if you do.
0: Right. Yeah, they're really strict on all that stuff over there. Did you uh, get to see anything unusual besides a hair-raising experience? Like, anything was
1: else? was It was this thing we took a – we snapped a picture, and whatever this – Ball was it crossed frame frame five times in one shot. Whoa! I mean, it went from the right to the left and then back. It was out of frame and back in frame and back out of frame. And uh, yeah, yeah. We so- because helicopters were hovering again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we snuck down later and. Actually, it was like a three-day trip because you can't be out there unless you're camouflaged and getting lucky because they will find you.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're still strict on that. They tried to do some kind of thing a couple of years ago. It might have been last year. No, it was before COVID when we tried to storm Area 51. You heard about all that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking of going, but I didn't. I love seeing SpaceX when the the guy won that prize, uh Bert Ratan, uh who designed this uh spacecraft. hmm Uh he also he makes all his money designing and building drones for the military. But uh Richard Branson is taking his bigger version of the thing up next month or this month or something. He's gonna go up yeah. space in it. But that was really cool because I saw this first space shuttle land. And you couldn't get anywhere near this, but with the SpaceX thing, you could stick your head inside and take pictures. Wow.
0: <laughs> That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful. I don't know. I was really excited. I just wish I was a millionaire so I could blow part of it on (laughs) going.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think right now it's a billionaire race of who's going to get up in space first and and think like all of them are after each other. Like, oh, I'm going up there first. I'm going there. I'm going this way. Uh, Which is cool, I guess. It
1: is and it isn't. I mean, how much hydrocarbons do you burn getting one of those rockets off the planet? And what does it do to the upper atmosphere?
0: Right, a shit ton of damage most likely. And also it adds more junk to the atmosphere up there. There's so much like junk spinning around the earth right now that people don't really know about. Like one little piece of that shit if it falls down to earth, you know, falls down with our gravity and stuff, so fucking kill you instantly.
1: Well, maybe, but you know, it's there's still not enough up there to really worry about it that much. The trouble is it, it'll it run it can run into other things. Mm-hmm. And uh it's getting crowded out there. they got to figure out a way to... I mean, mankind has a habit of turning everything it touches into shit.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) What have we done to the oceans? Oh, yeah, man. Oceans. We poisoned our water. Uh, We poisoned our air. And we're not doing anything to make it better. I know we've they got rid of the lead and gasoline and replaced it with aluminum, which is just as harmful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you can't see it. So uh, that was a big improvement. And would mm-hmm. you believe that when automobiles first started hitting the road, they mm-hmm. thought it was the greatest anti-pollution thing that ever happened on the planet? Wow. Because <laughs> it got rid of all the horse shit in the cities. Which is responsible for, you know, typhoid epidemics and things like that. Right. And, you know, suddenly, hey, you can walk down the street and not step in horse shit all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Technology. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're planning on going to electric here pretty soon. They said in the next, like, 10 years. They're trying to switch everything to electric. So that's cool, you know. They're still going to yeah. be like, you know bad things from that as well. Nothing's ever gonna be perfect, but I think that's a step in the right direction. I think anyways you know.
1: Well if they can figure out a battery that doesn't use lithium ions or you know, uh that would be a big help because this mining this stuff is incredibly toxic. Right. It's mining uranium mm-hmm. kills everything around it. Uh somebody's going to start doing it with aluminum which would be better. Uh, but we're still producing most of this electricity with uh, natural gas and coal. Yep. <laughs> uh, they've got this pellet thing, they said, which is really taking the forest down and burning that. Mm-hmm. That's not an answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, definitely not.
1: I read a thing the other day it said hemp takes out more carbon – than a tree, uh, just a single hemp plant, mm-hmm. and they talk about planting all these trees, but it's like those trees have to be forty years old before they start really kicking in to do something. Right. uh in fact, in the first few years, they actually are polluting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and hemp grows super fast, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's a weed. It grows anywhere and everywhere. When I looked at South Dakota, there was hemp growing through the cracks at the city hall. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I tried to smoke it. It didn't work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It makes a... You do paper with hemp, all kinds of shit can get made with hemp, like supposedly you can make it super strong and was like steel if you want to make stuff with that like it has so many different like things you can do you know with it
1: yeah no henry ford built a car completely out of it mm. uh, the engine everything was all hemp and the fuel was hemp. Huh. Uh. he did that in the 30s mm-hmm. but that didn't stand a chance because you know hemp is coast to marijuana and can't have that.
0: Yeah, you can't have all natural like something that comes from the earth is bad, you know. I mean at least they're loosening up on certain states, but I think everything should it all should be like, you know, not illegal and stupid.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe the aliens would take care of all that, right?
1: And <laughs> <laughs> the stories I've heard Excuse me. I have to sneeze. Mm. Ah, goes away. It's going to be like if they do show up, it's going to be like uh, we're the uh, Aztecs and the Mayans and they're the Spaniards. Mm -hmm. uh, That was not a good outcome. No. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. It's dusty here. Because I live in L.A.
0: <laughs> oh, It's dusty here, too, in South Carolina. And also, me and my wife have cats, and they don't help any. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we both have super long hair, plus the cats. So, like, constant vacuuming. If you don't, like, yeah, you're going to be sneezing your ass off.
1: Yeah, I got one of those little floorbacks. It, it scoops up all the hair. And it's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shedding...
0: You have one of those like industrial ones for people with long hair.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's just a regular one. And you know, I have to untangle the brushes every once in a while. yeah uh overly rolled up with hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one strand of my hair is like almost down to my knees now, and my wife's about the same length. So yeah, I've been growing my hair out for about shit eight or nine years now.
1: Mine so. gets. as long as you see it yeah and that's about it you know it just doesn't grow much longer
0: Uh, i keep on growing man like (laughs) i guess that's a good thing i just turned 36 too so i want to keep my hair for you know forever really i don't want to lose it but so i'm going strong so
1: (laughs) well i'm losing mine i don't know but i'm 77 i'm surprised i mean i have a brother who's 12 years younger than me and he's bald uh my father was bald. Uh my son is going bald.
0: Mm. Uh, <laughs> You're lucky then. You're super lucky, I think. I mean yeah. bald's cool too, but I I like having long hair.
1: <laughs> it's a hassle, but it's easier.
0: Yeah, it is. Once you get used to, it, once you get to a certain length, it's not bad to maintain. Just throw and hide it somewhere if you're, like, uh, using sharp utensils or something like that for you don't, you know, get it tangled up in anything, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I had an incident where I had my hair get caught in a weed eater. It was actually the where the engine's at. Like, there's some, some pieces that move around in there, and my hair got caught in there for a second, and it freaked the fuck out of me. I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to have to cut my hair out of here. Luckily, just pulled it out. <laughs> Everything was good to go, and, I, you know, my heart stopped beating a little bit. I'm like, all right, we're cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can grow it back, but, man, you don't want to lose it like that. Fuck that, you know.
1: Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> <laughs> I hate pain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not down with pain. So um, I think you already mentioned most of your upcoming stuff. Is there any more, like, projects that you want to mention or anything else that you're doing that's coming out re- soon? Or
1: Well, uh, the ones in, you know, Smash Mouth 2, uh, that's the next one coming out. Mm. uh i'm supposed to do uh a thing in vegas called third floor uh i don't know the name of uh the one i'm doing after that if i am but you know uh i just hope i get more work
0: i'm uh, sure you will especially since everything's opening back up now i'm sure you will and people are smart; they know, to, you know, hire you. So, and I'll keep on spreading the good word about you, you know, through all my social media outlets. And this podcast getting a little bit of steam behind it, so you know, hopefully get some good listeners on here, you know. Once I start spreading that around and takes a little bit of notice, you know, you never know who's listening, you know.
1: Yeah, that's true. hmm You never know who likes it. I know, Phil was uh, amazing. I mean, he came up to me, grabbed me. Swung me around, said, "Dude, you're the best actor in the world," and I'm thinking, "Who the fuck are you? And would you put me down, please?"
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Phil's a big horror guy, horror metal—that's his thing. Like I've known yeah. that forever. You know, I used to listen to Pantera back in the day, and uh-huh. uh, I knew Phil was in them um, horror movies and stuff, just because you know certain lyrics and all that stuff, and. Yeah, he's big time into that. You know, he does his horror fest where he was doing it, like you're saying, with the house core stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I really... That was one of the high points. I I really enjoy him and Kate. And uh, they're wonderful people to know.
0: (laughs) That's cool, yeah. He's been in the business a long time, man. He's been doing music forever, so...
1: Yeah. I used to do music. I was in the Army. I played in a band we made. Beer money. <laughs> Germany.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you play?
1: Uh, I I was a singer.
0: Singer. Yeah, I sing. Uh, if you want to call it that when I was in the band. I played guitar and did vocals, but there wasn't no singing there. It was all screaming and shit, so <laughs> yeah, I don't think I you did that too? too. Well, did that too? I,
1: well yeah. I mean I I took lessons, but I have three and a half octaves, and when I was younger, I had enough power to be able to be loud enough to out-scream a Marshall amp. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good with keeping up with the amps and stuff with the vocals. I can get pretty loud on my high-end screams, like I do like these, you know. If you're, uh, it's like some black metal high and like screeching like you know sounds like a fucking I don't know, crazy witch maybe i don't know demon but yeah those are my like kind of my trademark vocals whenever i was doing the band so just be like the high stuff i like doing the highs like you know st- sound as demonic as you can that was my whole thing like try to sound as unhuman as possible
1: <laughs> very good
0: <laughs> i'll send you a link over if you want to check some of my stuff out so so up I on did. bandcamp and oh. youtube and shit Hell yeah. I'll send you a message over and stuff. Thank you. Well, Michael, um, I appreciate you being on my podcast, man.
1: Hey, I appreciate you having me. This, just, this was uh, a great time. I, uh, It's nice to talk to somebody <laughs> that isn't trying to sell me uh, death insurance. <laughs> right? What's death insurance? I know I'm going to die. I'm not going to pay somebody to ensure it right the yeah
0: it's it's great man I, I really enjoyed talking to you man we kept it nice and greasy so it worked out really well
1: <laughs> anyway you uh stay greasy and uh can i do a promo for you sure go yeah what what's uh what's the name of your podcast?
0: It's the Horror Wolf six 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 podcast. Big Ronnie says you
1: need to watch the Horror Wolf Six 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 Podcast, or you're making a big mistake.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Hell yeah, I'm gonna have that on uh for your episode there. That's gonna be one of your that's gonna be the intro, so all right. Oh yeah. Well, Michael, you have a great rest of your weekend and stuff. And I stay in touch with you and everything on uh, Facebook and stuff. And I send you some music your way.
1: Thank you, Brandon. You've been yes, good. You're fucking
0: caught. <laughs> Take care, Michael.
1: Stay greasy.